Welcome to Fashion Your Seatbelt, your first class seat to one-on-one conversations with the fashion industry's top voices. I'm Jessica Michaud, and I created this podcast to share the joy I have in getting to know all the amazing people who bring this creative, inventive, and extraordinary business to life. You'll get to hear the cadence of their voices, the sound of their laughter, and feel firsthand how passionate they are about what they do. But before we get this show on the road, I want to say a quick thank you to GPS Radar for making this episode possible. GPS Radar is the members-only website where leading fashion brands and media connect. Also, I just want to remind you to leave a review. Stars are really trending right now, and it helps other very stylish listeners like yourself find the show. Now buckle up, and let's get started. Hey listeners, I am super excited to kick into gear on this week's podcast interview with fashion designer Marcella Berlon. But before we do that, I just want to make sure that all of you have been following our Fashion Your Seatbelt Instagram feed and checking out our blog on GPS Radar. Both platforms will give you even more insights into what we're up to here at the podcast and keep you up to speed on the latest trends, show reviews, and articles and other amazing people shaping the fashion industry. Also, don't forget to leave a review on iTunes. It really does help others find this podcast. And finally, if you want to learn more about what the future of online shopping is going to look like, I suggest that after you've listened to this podcast, you go back and check out the one we did with Stephanie Farr, the Chief Executive Officer of the luxury online marketplace, Farfetch. Okay, now let's talk about Marcello. Calling him a fashion designer somehow seems so limiting. This is a man who doesn't shy away from a challenge, and more importantly, whatever project he's working on, he comes at it with such a sense of positivity and playfulness and joy that it really is no surprise that he has become so successful. Today, Marcello is perhaps most famous for being the mastermind behind the Marcello Berlone County of Milan brand. It's a company that he started in 2012 as just a cool t-shirt label inspired by his native Patagonia that garnered a cult following for its 180 euro pop designs and has now grown into a global business. A brand that today counts a 40 million euro per year turnover and is sold in more than 400 stores worldwide. It's a company powered by bold streetwear culture and Marcello's keen ability to spot what's hot before the rest of the industry has even begun to feel the heat. It's a skill that this autodidactic designer has put to good use in other arenas as well. For example, organizing events for top brands like Gucci, McQueen, or Ralph Simmons, shaping the mooted parties with his renowned DJing skills or using his talent for embracing innovative avenues of communication when working a PR angle for brands like Nike, Coca-Cola, Prada, or Versace. A practicing Buddhist, Marcello moved with his family to Italy when he was a teenager to work in a shoe factory and cleaned hotels with his mother to help make ends meet on the weekends. It's for this reason that Marcello does not take his success for granted and is keen to support others to reach their dreams. He's invested in Virgil Oboa's brand Off-White, Calm Angel, and Unravel via the New Guard group that he co-founded in 2015 and now counts over 170 employees. Together, these brands are creating a sartorial paradigm shift in the fashion industry. There is no doubt in my mind that Marcello's impact on fashion is going to be reaching far beyond clothing. Thank you so much for taking the time. Really appreciate Thank it. Thank you, guys. Thank I'm you very so much. happy. Very excited. Um, so let's take it. Go back to the beginning. I'm really curious about your childhood. You're not a native Italian. You you came here when you were a young child. Can you talk a little bit about growing up and what brought you to Italy in the first place? Well, actually, I was born in Patagonia, mm. in Argentina. Okay. South of Argentina, from a Lebanese and Italian family. So my grandparents moved to Patagonia in the 30s. Mm-hmm middle of 20s actually and then they went like straight to Patagonia at the time like today it's like a very isolated place there is nothing around hmm. imagine at the time so 
quite incredible, surrounded by lakes and rivers and mountains. So it's a very, sp very special place to grow up, actually, because you actually was the first hippie community in, uh, in South America. Oh, wow. So people from all over the world, like uh, end of the 60s, arrived there and they set up probably their lives. Little and, communes. Yeah, yeah. They started like their, their families there. And, they, they, and it was, it, it's a very special place because there was a moment when they, these hippies arrived to, to my hometown. They didn't know how to work the land or with the horses or the animals. So the gauchos, mm -hmm. they saw them and they helped them. So it was a very interesting culture clash. Mm of gauchos and hippies. I can't even imagine. It's quite... That, that sounds did, like a fashion actually, show. <laughs> I did it. Yeah, I was going to say, it. that sounds like I a fashion it. show. Two years ago, I did uh, <laughs> this um, kind of like, uh, yeah, inspired by the hippies of my hometown. So it sounds like your childhood mm. was quite idyllic. It was quite, was quite like special because, you know, you, you grew up in a place where there is no stoplights. It's like a small village. Still today, there is no traffic in the streets, you know. Of course, everything changed today because, you know, it's more dangerous than before. But mm. we grew up like, uh, you know, going to the mountains to ski. My mother was a ski teacher. And um, my family from my father's side is it's from Italy. Mm -hmm. So they, they moved to, to Argentina after the war, mm -hmm. the Second World War. And uh, yeah, it was a very special place to grow up, actually. You know, I used to organize uh, fashion shows in the backyard of my best friend. Oh my even if we didn't have television or, or magazines, but it was just like, you know. So what was the fashion natural. show? How did you come up with that idea if you... I don't know, I just, I think it's my homosexual part <laughs> that talks. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, we just, we, I was, you know. Just, so were you designing like, clothing back then or were you it was more know, styling was and putting together? You're just mixing, mixing things? Mixing pieces, you know, like. But it was, it was, it was fun. I mean, we used to like uh, make parties in the garage of my friends. So I, I already... Like back in the days, I, I started where was my you know where became my job mm -hmm. actually. And then and then so what brought you to Milan in the end? What made you guys decide to come back to Italy? What was that? Well, the there shift? was a you know end of the of the eighties. There was mm -hmm. a big crisis, mm -hmm. and my father wants to kind of like move and start again, like a new life. And uh, so we, that's what we did. We came over here. We started from the beginning. We sold everything in Argentina and uh, we went to work in uh, factory shoes or cleaning rooms with my mother at wow. the hotels. It was, it was super tough. Well, yeah, we was, what was the culture shock? I mean, that must have been... Did you speak Italian because no, of your father? Not, when at you, all, okay. not at all. At the beginning, it was really exciting because, you know, new country, new culture, new people, new language. But then when, you, when we got here, it was really like tough mm -hmm. very tough because we had to work every day i was 14 mm -hmm. you know just was a little child wow. i went to school mm -hmm. for two years just to get the you know the the basis mm -hmm. and then I had to work mm -hmm. but then that's yeah. the beautiful part okay i started going out on sundays because i was a teenager mm -hmm. um and the people from this club they asked me to work for them so i started from sundays to fridays and saturdays and then I became um, a club kid. So yeah, so in, in the in the beginning, I mean, so you talk a little bit about you know doing fashion shows, but it sounds like you what you really started was kind of this the club scene, the DJing yeah. and and the PR stuff. Yeah, and that's that was when I was already sixteen, you know, mm -hmm. in Italy. Yeah, yeah. Why do you think you were so good at that? I mean, it sounds like I mean, at sixteen to be put in charge of something like that. I mean, what what is it about you think that? 
I don't know, at the time, you know, the club kids were, we were like all like weirdos, you know, there was a moment of Gautier or, you know, Helmut Lang or Margiela, mm -hmm. you know, all this, you know, crazy color and piercings and it was, I don't know, the, I think the fashion that we liked w was totally different than the mainstream. So mm -hmm. they were looking for like cool kids and uh, I don't know, we started... Uh, and what, do you, what did you, what drew you to that? What did you like about that as a, as a job? Well, dancing. <laughs> I love to a dance. A job where you can dance. <laughs> I love to dance, meeting people, like, you know, always getting, like, involved with people and, uh, and running a, a party. That's what I, what I did for my whole life, mm -hmm. running parties till today. <laughs> so you still do this kind of on, on the side? No, really. Okay. I, I'll, I do parties when after the show, after my show, yeah, like a big rave for like three thousand people. Mm -hmm. But um, I still play as a DJ. Sometimes. Yes, you did that at your most recent men show. You played. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, uh, I'm 41. I'm kind of getting tired. You know, there's so much Stop. to do here. Not tired, but you know, I cannot like go around every weekend mm -hmm. to play or like you just you cannot. You know, your body doesn't want that. Mm -hmm. But then you didn't, so then also wasn't there a period of time where you did more like social media, PR and stuff like that? Was that something else that yeah. you kind of added in? Or? When, I got, when I got to Milan, mm -hmm. like uh, in 1998, mm -hmm. um, I was running a party at Magazzini Generali, which was one of the most important parties at the time in Milan. You know, it was a Friday nights were like a place to be, mm -hmm. like where all the designers used to go from Dolce & Gabbana, Drizzo Norton, mm -hmm. I met Ricardo Tisci there, and uh, who else? Everyone used to go there, mm -hmm. and that was my party. Mm -hmm. And then Domenico asked me to work for him, so I started like working from the night to the day, so I started as a PR, um, and then I left... Um, in the meanwhile, I was working for Ricardo as a PR as well, mm -hmm. as a press office, because I started meeting, like running a very important party allows you to, to know everyone in the city. Very true. From, you know, from the stylists to journalists to artists and musicians, everyone. Mm -hmm. So everyone that used to come to Milan, they knew that, that the place to be was my party because mm -hmm. Ralph Simmons, everyone was there. Okay, and so everybody, wait, wait, wait. but everybody was there. So, but Give me, can you break down what it makes a great party then? Because it sounds like you have got the secret sauce. What well, is music and people? Okay. It doesn't matter if you're in a basement or in a, you know, or a, like a, an amazing suite or whatever. It mm -hmm. doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. There's the music and the people that's the party. And I was the one that connecting everyone. So, so you were bring, you were you were bringing in the right yeah. interesting people with yeah, the right. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that's what I did for my whole life. Okay. Like bringing totally different people to one place. It no. sounds like you're nonstop. How? Where do you get all of this work ethic and abundance of energy? Is that something you learned from your parents? Is that something you mm. just had to that you just always had? Or I'm a Buddhist since 25 years. Okay. Like, like properly Buddhist, mm -hmm. not just like hey, I'm a Buddhist. No, I'm a properly Buddhist. Okay. <laughs> my family is Buddhist as well, but I think it comes more from my Argentinian side, from my Argentinian culture, because we're more like you know friendly we know how to you know we don't it's not fake mm -hmm. it's like if it's I don't like you I mean I don't smile at you mm -hmm. I'm just telling you I don't know it comes from that side I think and what does Buddhism give to you then how does that help everything you? the basis of my life okay the basis is a school actually it's a life school 
you know, it's where you face your issues, not just the beautiful part of the life, but uh, properly it takes you inside and, and, and you look yourself in the mirror and, and, and it's just like, it's about what are, what are you doing for the, I mean, I know we have a big responsibility. That's what I say every time I do an interview or whatever, you know, you know, fashion bloggers or designers or whatever, we have so much followers. But uh, we have a big responsibility because the kids are listening to, to your voice and, and, uh, and I'm trying to really like break this, you know, I'm trying to, I don't want to educate anyone because I don't, uh, you know, I don't, I don't feel like it, but, but, I, but I know that I have a voice and mm-hmm. they really, they just, they don't just look as uh, what you wear, mm-hmm. you know, they probably want to know. That's what we did in a documentary that is, it was out in all the cinemas. Uh-huh. It's already in iTunes, on iTunes, coming on Netflix uh, okay. in two months. Tell me, talk to me about the documentary. The documentary, it's about my life. It's about everything that I created from nothing, uh-huh. from zero, from cleaning rooms, hotel all rooms to up. all this. You know, we have 300 people working here. You know, well, we have well, seven then, brands <laughs> inside. It's crazy. Just man. But, the, so. but let, let's talk a little bit about your brand. So yeah. y- you've got this very full life already what made you say you know what i need i need to launch a fashion line i mean where does that come no, from that, com- that comes from from the new era that we're all living the social media you know when i started like organizing parties and working for all the designers at the dolce gabbana for one year and then moved to the alessandro de l'acqua's uh, celebrities pr i love alessandro uh, me too i mean so such a special guy yeah so I did all of this and then I decided to open my, my own agency and working for everyone. So I started with, you know, Ralph Simmons, with the, all the Jean Sander era. Remember mm-hmm. when he used to do Jean yeah, Sander? Yeah, yeah. I used to take care of all the, you know, all the events and the story events. And, and then I was like, I was DJing already. Mm-hmm. And then the social medias came out and, 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 I, and I used to use the social medias to promote my parties. Mm-hmm. And I remember that everyone was like, what are you doing? What is this social media? I was like well this is the future yeah this is how everyone will connect mm-hmm. so i remember i you know i was just feeling so bad because they didn't understand me what mm-hmm. i was doing so i used to cry every day so i left i quit i was like fuck off <laughs> and then i started with alessandro which is another totally, oh, different, totally different energy totally different energy and then i left because you know celebrities in italy is just like i don't i, didn't, I don't want to i didn't want to deal with the celebrities mm-hmm. because it's not my thing and then I decided to open my, my, my agency. I started DJing more and more. Mm-hmm. And I became like the fashion DJ. So mm-hmm. every time there was a fashion week or, you know, I used to play at the Chelsea Hotel in mm-hmm. New York uh, every, every month mm-hmm. or going to Moscow or Toronto, whatever, mm-hmm. flying everywhere DJing. Mm-hmm. Through the social media, I, I, I thought, I saw that there was so much following. It was even before Instagram, mm-hmm. even before all these media Twitter followers. and stuff like that, okay. Like, the, like really the beginning mm-hmm. MySpace. Oh my God, okay. You know, a small world, mm-hmm. you know, like all these social media. And then I saw there was so much following, you know, the kids really wanted to be part of something, you mm-hmm. know, they wanted to belong. And that was my party. They wanted to be part of my family somehow, of my tribe. Mm-hmm. And, and that's how I, I launched my brand. I was like, I'm going to launch a, a t-shirt label with, you know, my all my, you know, my life on, on the graphics, all my roots, Argentinian, the rave culture, you know, mm-hmm. everything that I learned, I put it inside on my, on my brand. Okay. And it was really like through Instagram, actually, you know, mm-hmm. and all the rappers started like uh, buying and, and LeBron James mm-hmm. and NBA players and 
and became it became a massive massive brand. Well, let's can you for those who might not be familiar, can you talk about your brand then? Like, how would you just is it it's street? It's graphic. What it what do you want to convey with the clothing that you're creating with your with your line? I mean, my my brand is it's about what I like mm. actually, you know, and and it's it's more like streetwear, mm-hmm. but you can find a little bit of everything, mm-hmm. you know. There is kids that likes, you know, the noisy graphics, and there is people that likes more like simple stuff. You can find a little bit of everyone because I like to accomplish like every kind of like customer somehow. Mm-hmm. We have like four hundred uh, stores around the world, like selling in like mm-hmm. all the big stores. We have uh, our own store in Hong Kong, opening a second one, and then Singapore. Uh, we're doing. Um, what else were the Jakarta we're doing so you're Toronto. clearly hitting a we're nerve opening, you're, you're we're opening stores like yeah yeah yeah. yeah yeah but we have like big clients like Saks Barneys and all of these you know like That's all the fantastic. big names it's and about I mean it's not just a fashion it's not it's not just a fashion brand it's it's, it's a style life you know mm-hmm. it's much it's a whole universe a whole lifestyle music just, art yeah. and you know yeah. And then it, it's it's not just like uh, t-shirts and. But then you've also in, with this most recent the menswear collection or the men's and women's collection that you yeah. presented, you had partnerships with the NBA yeah. and the yeah. the, uh, the baseball as well. And I mean, MLB. MLB, yeah. yeah. So how did that come about? And what was it like working with them? Well, the, the thing is, you know, um, when I started the brand, I started like doing collaborations with like different other brands mm-hmm. like from Borsalino with the hats or Alpha Industry bomber jackets what else we did Kappa mm-hmm. um, I mean Don, mm-hmm. um, everything sunglasses you know like Celeti candles I mean collaborations are super important I think we're one of those brands that started this yeah. type of thing since the beginning mm-hmm. um, NBA and MLB I mean, they were interested in my brand, on my customers, on my distribution as well, and on my aesthetic mm-hmm. somehow. And they did they give you free reign to, to... Yeah, they have like guidelines. Mm-hmm. You have to follow some, some mm-hmm. rules because, you know, they're like, uh, like mm-hmm. big names. But um, it was so easy, so easy to work with them, you know, because they, they give you like free, properly. You can create whatever you like, okay. but you have to be, of course, in that mm-hmm. guideline. Well, talking about collaborations and that you saying you're connecting, you have their followers and everything like yeah. that. I'm one, I'm curious to know your thoughts about um, the way that brands are communicating today. Because my my gut reaction is that's this this peer to peer, the influencer, the creator, those kind of collaborations with, with brands. The way that the Generation Z and the Millennials are really connecting with it is through people that they identify with. I mean, I'm curious to what you think about that sort of marketing, that sort of re- outreach, as opposed to as compared to the classic stuff that we're used to in, you know, publications in magazine or billboards, yeah. etc. I mean, I think, I think uh, what most of the brands today didn't understand that uh, you have to be real. Mm-hmm. You have to be real to talk to the audience. Mm-hmm. You cannot be like, uh, you know, like a dreamy, uh, I mean, we're not doing haute couture, you know, haute couture mm-hmm. is for like a, a niche, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, you have to, sell something that really talks to the to the final customer you mm-hmm. know otherwise 
you just said a dream, which is beautiful, but it's just a dream, and mm-hmm. people doesn't really understand that, you know. Mm-hmm. But also, I think like brands like mine today, like you know, like many of them, like Off White, which is ours, mm-hmm. Palm Angels or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're really talking a different language um, in terms of like communication and image, whatever we create is more like real. It's more real, mm-hmm. you know. There was so many like CEOs or presidents from other companies like asking what is behind Marcelo or how does he uh, like build like how does he work or whatever mm-hmm. there's nothing behind it just me I'm, I'm the one because yeah, I mean it's been six yeah. six years the company uh, five years yeah and it's and it's just exploded in that time yeah. and you think and you and you put that down to being authentic and being real as the that's yeah that's the secret mm-hmm. like you know just telling the truth mm-hmm. You know, no, no masks. Mm-hmm. You know, mask off. Mm-hmm. Wash on, wash up. No. Yeah. Uh, what? Going to go on a tangent here because it seems like it's almost it's parallel, with maybe even more so, is um, the influence or the power of music that has in your life. Can you talk a little bit about? Because you've mentioned DJ, I think a half a million times since we started this conversation. So DJing mm-hmm. and music seems to be a huge part of who you are. Can you talk to me about what that represents to you? Well, music. I mean, music is in every people's life, you know, it's super important because it takes you to, I don't know, to another world, you know, music really inspires you and uh, it's really part of my life, like totally, but not just like electro or hip hop or trap, whatever it is, I'm, I'm also like a folk, you know, fan, you know, I, have, I, did, I just did in Argentina a big festival inside the labyrinth. And it was Savendra Banhart performing. It's just oh, wow. like guitar and voice, you know. And then we did some electro music. But uh, I don't know, music really connects people. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think being a DJ is one of the best things ever because you're really driving the, the, the crowd mm-hmm. to, a, to a journey. You know, when I play, when I DJ, it's not just about like putting the cool songs or whatever. I take the people to a proper journey. And uh, sometimes I can play like uh, from, you know, from three to five or six hours, wow. you know, nonstop, mm-hmm. you know, like probably taking the people in a, in a beautiful. And can you talk a little, do you have a preset idea in your head? Or what? No, never, no, it's never, always never. feeling the it room. Comes, it comes properly like with like emotions and feelings and whatever I, I see. Like I always watch the people when I play and mm. it's not just like, you know, I prepare like because mm-hmm. it's like a really exchange mm-hmm. you know of, of energy well then let's talk about how you're talking about you how you create your music when you're djing how do you create your clothing for your collections how what is your creative process for that well what i do it's i come up with with like um a theme mm-hmm. sometimes two or even more but uh, what i like to do it's it's having like two things that doesn't work together Mm-hmm. And you can invite, invent a, a new, a new world or new something. Like, for example, we did like a space gauchos. Mm-hmm. The gauchos are the cowboys from Argentina, mm-hmm. but we invented these like futuristic, futuristic gauchos, mm-hmm. and um, and it really works because it's a to- two totally different cultures, like the hippies and the gauchos, as, mm-hmm. as I told you. We did mm-hmm. a collection like that, and it's. I mean, it's very interesting what it comes out, you know, if you can really translate the idea because it's very like, you know, 
it's not really abstract. Like abstract yeah. But then if you can translate in graphics or fashion, whatever it is, and casting, mm-hmm. you know, it's um, I mean, it's it's special. Like I remember one one season we did like all the the, the religions and, mm. and all the religions that come that came from Africa to South America. You know, the slaves brought from Africa. They they brought so many you know religions. Mm-hmm. And, um, and 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 then the, the, the Latino or the, the South American um, culture or whatever translated in something else it, mm-hmm. something else came out from that mm-hmm. so it, it, I like to see things that are totally out of contest mm-hmm. you know from uh, from this religion that uh, I don't know the names, the, the African names. But then when when he arrived to Brazil, mm-hmm. it became you know from it Bur- evolved. From, yeah, from Voodoo to you know to all these new mm-hmm. religions or cultures or whatever it is. So I like to really go like crazy with opposite attacks. Yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit about the name of the company? Why did you? It's not just your name, right? It's also it's also County of County Milan. Milan. So why did you add that on top? That's a little bit, I mean, weird because when I, when I started my 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 PR agency, my friend Maxiotti, have you have you met Maxiotti? Yeah. Maxiotti is an art director. Okay. He did like a Bogom International with uh, Karin okay. and. Uh, he does, you know, art direction for magazines or campaigns and stuff. Max is a really good friend of mine, and when I came out with the idea of having, like, uh, start like um, my own agency, he's, he did all this research for, you know, for, for the image of my agency, oh. and he found these, um, like, secret letters from, you know, the Russian spies, Russian agents, whatever, and... Um, and that was the concept of, of, of the, the agency. Like it would, my, my business card says Marcelo Boulon, office of the director, even if it was only me working <laughs> on the agency, it was nobody else. <laughs> and then on the bottom says County of Milan. Oh. And then when I launched the brand, I was like, Marcelo, we need another name next to it. So we were like, County of Milan, because I wanted also to put Milan somehow in, out, out there, you know? Because this why is was my that place. A, that's your place. So that's why it was important to you. This is my place. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a place that uh, really gave me the chance. And so, what then? What's next? I mean, what's your next big goal? What's your next big project? What do you What do you want to mm. accomplish next? Is it more with the fashion? Is there another field that you're interested in? Because you do seem like kind of a Renaissance man as far as creativity is concerned. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what's next because I never planned to do all this, like all the projects that I did. Mm-hmm. you know I just when I started I was like let's do this I mean whatever then mm-hmm. we do something else like always mm-hmm. you know I did videos I did I had a, I had a magazine called Rodeo magazine I was an editor you remember that <laughs> Rodeo was huge I mean it was a very interesting magazine mm-hmm. and that was one of my projects mm-hmm. like the brand mm-hmm. so I don't know I just built up my my house in Argentina a big farm Wow. Horses arrive next week. <gasps> You're ten dogs. I have ten dogs. I have five. Yes. I have five horses. Love. So, so cute. what kind of, oh my God, this is a dream for you then. Yeah. Super special. Wow. Like a mountain. I just got this mountain in a build house. Oh my God. Like unbelievable. <gasps> 
So I was about to ask you, you know, what do you do to relax? But I'm assuming now that you've built yourself your dream house yeah. in Argentina, you're going to yeah. be spending all of your quality yeah, yeah. time there. But also Ibiza. I'm buying a house in Ibiza as well. Oh, life is good. Because Ibiza, you know, it's like, it's not that crazy clubbing place for me. It's just like really chill. That's true. I really, have you been to Ibiza? Mm. So, you know. The other side of the yeah. island is very chill. You know what I'm talking about mm-hmm. then. So th- what's next? I don't know, having kids? With okay. my fiance, having kids and build my family and uh, keep working, you know, there's lots, lots to do. Are you still really close with your family? I don't know, are you a, an only yeah. child? Do you have brothers and sisters? I have sisters? a brother. I have one brother. They okay. live in Argentina. Oh, really? They went back like five years ago. Okay. So, I don't know. I just I want to travel around, you know. Okay. Just opening stores all, all over the world. I don't know. Let's, let's go with the flow. Go with you the know. flow. So... This is the time where I ask you five generic fashion questions, okay? okay? I ask everybody the same thing. Which I hate. I know. That's the reason why yeah. I thought it would be good so to be do So be ready that. to run Yeah, <laughs> where you tell me to F off because... <laughs> All right, so here are the five questions. So what is your most treasured piece of clothing that you own? Well, let me think because I have amazing pieces. My trash. I have, a, I have like a piece, a piece from John Galliano from Dior. It's a show piece that friend of mine gave me that he used to work for Galliano mm-hmm. and it's like a, it's like a ski suit mm-hmm. like a fluorescent mm-hmm. very trashy from I don't know if you remember that Dior show with he did like all the boombox mm-hmm. all the floor. the afro where it was the with Lawrence Hill show no the, with the big uh, with the big wool, afros no the big wool big wool hats or beanies oh, okay you don't remember that? Anyway, that's one of my... Wait, was it Galliano? Was it was it Galliano or was it was Galliano for Dior? Okay. And right. that's that's one of the and actually I used that in a in a Halloween party, dressed as a um, dealer from the nineties. Okay. <laughs> it was horrible. I was really trash. I really I want to see pictures so of that. So trash. That's... I hope there is no pictures around. <laughs> I was so excited, you know, wearing heels a week in that trashy suit oh my god trashy ski scoop what color what, what I was color? like I'm, I'm gonna get I don't, I don't drink I go I don't do drugs yeah. I was like I'm gonna get wasted this you know I went to the bar to get drinks I was so excited that I forgot to take the drinks and I start like going around like oh my god I know yeah. when I decide to have fun I really decide oh to have god. fun oh my god you know a wig and a pair of heels which is your life Okay. Um, what is the one is the one item of clothing every woman or man uh, really should invest money in, like a quality item? They shouldn't invest. What would you spend hard-earned cash on? Like, what piece of clothing would you like? I'm gonna spend a lot more on this than anything else. Like, well, like collaborations, like pieces, like North Face and Watanabe. I know. I got like five pieces. You have I, that show five is amazing. Pieces. Yeah. You know, yeah. every time I go to, you know, Dover Street Market, two pieces. Give me one, you know. So what they shouldn't have or what they should... What they should invest in. So you think that people should invest in pieces that are collaborations so that those more unique... Yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, who is your favorite designer, living or dead? Oh, uh, Alaya. Mm. Azedin Alaya. Yeah, even if it doesn't... Nothing to do with my style, but I love... What is it about him? I mean, he was unique. Unique. You know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. He was just like... I think he, his creations made the women so beautiful. 
you know, like, I don't know, there's the structures of the dresses and I don't know, you know, yeah. Alaya. Yeah, Alaya. That's it. Basta. Uh-huh. Um, uh, what, uh, what is the one fashion trend that you will never follow? Like, is there one kind of style or look or piece of clothing, fashion trend that you would never follow? From the past or today or whatever. Whatever comes to mind. The hugs, you know, those horrible Australian boots. <laughs> so no that, collaboration with Uggs then? No, but maybe the, today they're cool. But uh, I remember the time when the girls used to go to the beach with those shitty boots. Oh my God, that was horrible. You should, did you see Y Project and he did the collaboration with the Uggs this last season? You might see, change your I mind. Told you, maybe, you might I change told your you, mind. I told you, I'm telling you, I'm going to send you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to DM you with please, photos and you'll see. Please. You'll be like, I take it back. Okay. Or the Richmond jeans, denim, remember with the rich <gasps> on the bottom? Yeah, like Juicy back. Couture. Yeah, the same I like Juicy Couture. <laughs> <laughs> so so trashy. So trashy, it's good. No. Okay. Um, what do you love most about fashion? That I don't like fashion. All right, you have to unpack that for me. <laughs> I mean, I don't like all the, all the things behind. There is so much bullshit around mm. so that's what I don't like mm-hmm. what I like is that you can be so creative you can if you have the skills you can be and you are kind of free as a person you can create so much beautiful things mm. you know if you're like stuck in your you know in your dark side you know it's just like I don't know I want to it's weird no that's maybe. great and that's the last question, so Nachelle, thank you so much. Thank really you. appreciate it. It was such a pleasure speaking Yay. with you. Yay. Don't want to miss an episode of Fashion Your Seatbelt? No problem. Just go to iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts and click on the subscribe button. Then every new episode will drop into your feed automatically. No fuss, no muss. Fashion Your Seatbelt is made possible thanks to the wonderful people at Launchmetrics, the software company that is powering the fashion industry, and GPS Radar, the members-only website where leading fashion brands and media connect in style. I am a member of GPS Radar, and I can tell you, as a journalist, it has made my work life run much more smoothly. Believe me, I know. I'm Jessica Michaud.